listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. saying great to see you tonight, great to see you, great to see you. Well, look around you tonight, looks like a Sunday morning almost. Great to see everyone here, we are growing, amen, and excited about that. So this month we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of our lives. Last Wednesday night, we began talking about the experience. Say with me, the experience. experience. Otherwise known as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We began to talk about the experience that God wants each and every one of us to have. Listen to me. Not to make you better, but to help you do better. I like that. It's to make you do better and, and just to act In a different way. It doesn't make you better than the person beside you, but the Holy Spirit wants to change you in every way. Acts 1 verse 8, look what it says. But you shall receive power when what? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be a witness to me. Notice the purpose of the Holy Spirit or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts is to empower the church, you and I, into ministry, to be the witness, to be the example, to be the light in darkness that this world needs to see. It's a power force that wants you to live a great victorious life, to enable you, to help you, to give you the strength. I need help in my life. Thank you for that overwhelming amen. I guess you're saying that I really do need help. I do, though. I really do. You need help, too. Amen. And we all need help in our lives. And that's the promise of the Holy Spirit. The one, the parakletos, the Bible says in the Greek. The one called alongside of us to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to be the friend that we need. Look at this scripture from Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. We're going to read these words. And it says this, Acts 1 Um, 4 through 8, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So Jesus is about to be resurrected, he's about, or ascended rather, and taken up into heaven. And he's saying to them, wait for the promise, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized With the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They came to Jesus and said, Lord, are you going to establish your kingdom? You see, man was looking for Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom. That's why the Jews are still waiting for the Messiah, because they want a physical king to sit on a throne, to take rule on this earth, to get back their rights, to get back their world, to be in control. They were under the oppression of the Romans at this time. They wanted a victorious king to come and to rid them of the tyranny, of the oppression. And they're saying, Jesus, is this what you're about to do? Is this the time? Is this what you're going to have happen? And I love what Jesus says, and I want to read it from the message, verse 7 and 8. Jesus says this. He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. But what you do get is something better. He says, you get the Holy Spirit. I like that because I don't always know the time when things are going to happen. I don't know the place. I don't know the circumstances and the situations, how they're going to change, how they're going to work in my favor. But the promise is this. I don't need to worry about that because God's got that under control. All I need to worry about is I've got the Holy Spirit with me that can help me, enable me and keep me until that time. When I get my breakthrough, I get my miracle, I get my healing. Come on now. I get the Holy Spirit, which is something better, because I get the power to sustain, I get the power to live, I get the power to make it. Because when He comes, the Bible says, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all over Judea. So the experience, we talked or began last week talking about six points of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We got to about two and a half of those, so we're going to finish that today. But for those of you who missed last week, we're going to recap those tonight. Number one, the key point is it's an experience that can be felt. And incidentally, if you have any questions tonight or questions on the Holy Spirit, you see on every slide there is a phone number there. Text to that number your questions, and at the end, we're going to be taking those questions and doing our best to answer them. So, what do we know? Point number one it's an experience. That will be felt. You will know it or not. A lot of people say, will I know? Do I have it? Will I feel it? I'm telling you right now, the question is this. If you don't know whether you've got it, then you don't have it. Because when you have it and you feel it and you know it, that experience is something like you've never perhaps felt before. But I'm glad it's more than a feeling. Initially it's a feeling, but feelings come and feelings go. And that's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. It's not always what we see and what we feel, but it's what we know. And we know we can recall the experience. We can remember back so many times in our life. We can remember if we talk about a great happening in our life, we can remember back to it. That's why there's an experience because it reminds us back to the fact that the Holy Spirit has come. And He is living in each and every one of our lives. We looked at it's an experience after salvation. It doesn't make you more saved, but it empowers you in your Christian walk. And there's a lot of confusion here because people teach and preach at salvation. You have the Holy Spirit done, dusted, the end. The Holy Spirit functions in your salvation experience. You can read that in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, because no one comes to the Father except they are drawn 
by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws us. He leads us. He's that gentle nudge that pushes us that when we knew inside there was something we were missing. That was the Holy Spirit bearing witness with us, saying we need a change. Maybe tonight you're sitting there. That's the Holy Spirit saying to you, that gentle nudge, you need to change. He is drawing you by His Spirit. But He doesn't fill you at salvation. That is a separate experience that God has. Acts 1 verse 5 again, it says, For John truly baptized you with water, Jesus speaking. He's about to go up to heaven. But notice what he says, But you shall be baptized. Jesus didn't say you was already baptized. Jesus said you will be future tense. You will still be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days for now. And what did Jesus say? You wait for it. Wait for it. He said it. And they did it. If they had it, why would they wait? Come on now. If they had it already, why would they need to wait for it? Why would He send them and tell them? And as they waited, Acts 2, 1 through 4 says these words, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As a rushing mighty wind, it filled the whole house where they were sitting and then appeared to them as divided tongues of fire. And one sat upon each of them and they were all, say with me, all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. It's a separate experience after salvation. Here's point number three and here's really where we left off last week, so you haven't missed, we're going back into it. Point number three, and that is this, it's evident by other tongues. You'll know you have the experience by the fact that it will be accompanied with other tongues. If you read through the book of Acts, you can check that out for yourself. Every time the Spirit of God came, there was a manifestation. They spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God came upon each and every one of their lives. Over and over again, we see that. Acts 2 verse 4 again, And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in another tongue. In other words, they spoke in a language not previously known by them. Not a language that they had spoken before. And we treat, teach and believe that that is the evidence or the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it's not a force. It's not something to make you weird and, and just to make you crazy. Look what Jesus, how Jesus describes this experience in John chapter 7. He's telling them beforehand. Look what he says. On the last day, the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out to them saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Remember, it's not just a cup of water that you're going to thirst again. He is the living water. A water that we will never thirst again. A source of life and peace for us. He says, for he who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart, the King James says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. I love that picture. 
the Holy Spirit as a river, life that wants to flow out from within us. What, a, what an incredible picture, just a refreshing that would come out of us. Nothing stale, nothing boring, but something new. A river rushing out of our lives. An awesome prayer language that he wants it to flow right from us. And in fact, the Holy Spirit, the thought of that in the original language, the Greek, when it's been translated, it kind of got lost really in translation, being called spirit or even ghost. The ghost aspect kind of gives a, an eerie kind of crazy. But the literal meaning of that word in the original language is a refreshing breath of fresh air. Just, just a fresh air. Just to feel that refreshing, that river, that refreshing of what the Holy Spirit wants to be in each and every one of our lives. And look what it says as they read on in Acts chapter 2. Here's the other tongue explained. Acts chapter 2 verses 5 through 13. It says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. In other words, so many different nationalities were there. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because they heard, because everyone heard them, the ones who were filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in their own language. In other words, there were foreigners everywhere who spoke in a different language. They're there at Jerusalem. It's feast time. It's a great time of festive. People had come from all nationalities and areas and they heard a sound that came from an upper room of 120 people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And as the people walked by, they were maybe French, they were maybe Italian, they were maybe all these. As they walked by in French, they heard someone proclaiming the goodness of God. In Italian, they heard, the Bible says, in their own language, these people. And that's why they were confused. They're like, man... Who are these people? How do they know my language? And it goes on to say, uh, and it talks about, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all of these who speak Galileans? In other words, they're ignorant people. These people shouldn't know our tongue. There's no way they can know our language. And how is it, they said, verse 8, that we hear each in our own language in which we were born. And then it goes to list them, Parthenians, Meds, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Assyria, all these things. And it goes on, verse 11, we hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. What were they doing? They were just worshipping God in their new prayer language. But what they didn't know when they were speaking was they were bringing glory and honor to God in a different tongue that was understood by others who were around that day. People teach and believe as a result of this that the language, the tongue that you get is probably a language that is still known today somewhere on this earth and spoken and could be recognized. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I know this on this account... And others' accounts that I know of. I shared the account of my grandfather last week and how he went to Israel and he was so filled with joy and he began to speak and the taxi driver said to him when he dropped him off at his hotel, I didn't know you knew my language. 
My grandfather said, I don't. He said, for the last 30, 40 minutes in the taxi, you've just been speaking my language and you've been telling me all about God. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that wants to accompany our lives with another tongue that can be given so it can be known in another place of this world. But it's an ability that we have to pray in another tongue that's not known to you. But I'm glad that what's not known to me is definitely known to God. That God knows what that is. The Holy Spirit speaking in that other tongues is almost like communicating directly to Him. It's like the bat phone. It's just picking up that phone, a direct access to the throne room of God. And what I love so much about being able to speak in other tongues is this. It's literally a prayer that is, inter- that is uninterrupted by us. Because when we don't know what we're praying because the Spirit is making intercession through us, we're not able to say, oh God, you can't do that. We're not able with our words to say, well, there's no way that can happen. That when we're speaking in that other tongue, we are praying God's will in every situation. Let me say that again. We are praying the will of God over every situation. I believe that we need to speak in tongues every day. Just to pray the will of God for our lives. Look what it says in Romans 8, 26. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Think about that. For example, we don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The Message Bible says, He does our praying in and for us. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That He does the praying in us. And he does the praying for us. How incredible. I may not know what to pray. I may be driving down the street and you've probably had this happen to you. And someone's just come into your mind. And you know there's a need because you sense it. Maybe Pete comes into my mind, his family. I don't know what to pray. I can pick up the phone maybe, but that may be too late by then. So what do I do? I can just begin to speak in that heavenly language. I can just begin to keep Pete and his family in my mind, but I can just let the Spirit, do you understand that? To intercede, to speak and to pray the prayer that Pete and his family need right then at that time. And I'm releasing the power of the Holy Spirit into their life. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. But even more than that, do you realize that the Holy Spirit and our tongue language is given to the benefit for our lives too. As we speak in tongues, the Bible says, look what it says in Jude 20, Jude chapter 1 and verse 20. It says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Message Bible says, But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by Praying in the Holy Spirit. If you're having a bad day, start praying in the Holy Spirit. It builds you up and encourages your faith. It's not only praying the will of God for someone else. It's praying the will of God over your life. It's encouraging you. It's speaking life into your existence, into your circumstances, and in every area of your life. Some people have asked me this. Well, Pastor Philip, if it's a tongue that I don't know, maybe known somewhere else in the world, is it a tongue that the devil knows? When I pray in tongues, does the devil know what I am praying? Here's my answer. Yes, he probably does. Because the devil knows the tongues 
and the dialects of this world. But it doesn't matter that he knows or, know, or doesn't know. All that matters is this. He cannot stop it. Come on, when we pray the will of God, he cannot stop that. He cannot stop that. And that's what's so powerful about the Holy Spirit, that the devil cannot stop that prayer from being heard and from going through an uninterrupted prayer that we can pray. Point number four, it can happen anywhere and at any time. It can happen anywhere and at any time. It can be as others have laid hands on you. We pray tonight. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to pray for you. Saturday morning, we're going to give you an opportunity. Sunday morning, there's going to be opportunities where we'll lay hands and pray for you. But you know what? That doesn't always have to work like that. And it doesn't always work like that. In some accounts, it did. Acts 19, the Bible speaks about Paul laying hands on them, but it's not always needed. We read Acts chapter 2. They were all in one accord. They were praising God and the Spirit came. No one was laying hands on each other. They were just worshipping and praising God. And God laid His hand upon them. Amen. God breathed His Spirit upon them. As they were in an upper room together, they weren't even in church. Listen to me. They were just in a room, hanging out together. They were being obedient to what God had called them, but they weren't in church. They were in a room gathered together, and God's presence and Spirit hit them right there. Look, in Acts 10, 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. He hasn't even got to the altar call yet. He hasn't even got to, if you need the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask. He's preaching his message. He's talking about it. And all of a sudden over here, someone starts speaking in tongues and someone starts having a breakout. Come on. I want to see that happen. Amen. I want to see manifestations. Why? Because it doesn't make us weird. It makes us relevant. Because remember, they spoke in a language glorifying God that everyone in their own tongue, in their own way, understood the greatness of God. God. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you out of touch and out of reach. The Holy Spirit makes you relevant to speak into the needs of people around you, to show them that the answer is still the same, and it's Jesus, 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 Jesus. God can do it at any time and in any way. Just how He desires. All He needs is an open, yielded, willing vessel to fill. You know, I have a mystery with this. And my mystery is this. If this is a power source, if this is something that God says we should have, I don't always understand why people immediately aren't filled. I don't understand that. I don't know why some people struggle, it seems, for a long time. But I can tell you this. Those people who have struggled and I've seen struggle, I'm telling you right now, God is still the filler. And if you haven't got there yet, you never will if you stop. You've got to keep pursuing. You've got to keep seeking. The Bible says you keep seek, 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 and you knock, 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 and the door's going to be open to you. You just keep persisting. You don't get discouraged. You don't get denied. You tell the devil, hey, hold on a second, buddy. That's my promise, and I'm going to walk into that promise. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be the next day, but it's somewhere in my future because it's the promise of God for my life. It's the power of God for my life. Please note, it is scriptural to pray and agree together with the laying on of hands. But again, God is not just limited to that. Don't put God in a box. Get God out of the box and release Him into our lives. This is okay, point number three. I believe the Holy Spirit is the package deal. It's the package deal. 
It's the package deal. What do I mean by the package deal? Let me use this example. You can go and buy a car. And you're on the lot. And if you would look on the specs on the car on the window, a lot of the time you can see the additions that you buy. It may be a a sports package. So you've got a bigger CD. You've got a sunroof. But most of the time, included now, if you live in Louisiana, it has to be included. Part of the deal is this. You've got air conditioning in your car. So what do you do? You don't go to the salesman and say, you know what, I really like this car, but the only problem I have with this car is I don't want the air conditioning. First and foremost, the guy's going to look at you and think you're crazy. And he's going to say, hey, I've got a clunker over here that's 20 years old that's got no air conditioning. You can buy that one at a good price. But he's going to look at you crazy and he's going to say to you, well, listen, you, you don't understand. That's part of the package. Oh, but I don't want that. But you don't understand. That's part of it. comes with that. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is part of the deal of salvation. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a separate experience. But it's an experience that I believe comes as a result of your salvation. I, I believe as a child of God, it's the package deal. So don't just get saved and stop there. Come on, get the air conditioning too. Get everything that God has for your life. Because if it's from God, it's good for your life. It's part of the package. I believe the Holy Spirit is that, and that next step for your salvation. It should be something you ask for as a result of your relationship with God. Last week we read the scripture, Acts 19.2. Paul shows up on the scene, or Peter, I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the P's. He shows up and he says to them, did you receive? the Holy Spirit when you believed. And literally he chastises them and says, why not? Well, they said to him, we don't understand. He explained it to them. He prayed for them and they received. Notice, did you receive the infilling power of God? The baptism experience when you gave your life to Christ? They said, no. He said, man, let's get this right right now. And he prayed with them, saved and baptized. Bam, bam. Right there. And I just really believe that baptism in the Holy Spirit is the next natural step in your relationship with God. Come on, salvation, we're saved. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the empowerment for us to live a saved life. So many times in the scripture we see they were saved and they were baptized and water baptized too, which is an outward sign of an inward change. It's showing everyone I'm all in with God. It's not what saves me, but as a result of my salvation. And we see that so many times. Why don't we see that so much now? Well, one of the reasons is it's not taught. It's been misrepresented. But I really believe one of the greatest reasons why we don't see that happen today is because someone knows about the power of the Holy Spirit even greater than we know. What am I talking about? Satan knows the power of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to rob people from that experience. He maybe can't stop you now because you're already saved. But he wants to keep you down in your spiritual life. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to be that which will enable you and help you and give you the strength to resist and the strength to oppose the works of the enemy. And last but not least, the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Come on, it's for everyone. None are excluded. After salvation, everyone is a part of. Salvation is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to His church, to His believers, those that follow after Him. It's not an exclusive 
gift, but it's an experience that all can receive in their lives. And let me try and clear up a question here. Let me just read the scripture and then I'll present to you the question that a lot of people ask. From 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11, it's talking about spiritual gifts. Nine in all, it says, for to one is given the word of wisdom, that's number one, through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge, number two, through the same spirit, to another faith, which is three, of the same spirit, to another the gift of healings, four, by the same spirit, verse 10, to another works of miracle, five, to another prophecy, six, to another the discerning of spirits, seven, to another different kinds of tongues, eight, and to another the interpretation of tongues, nine, nine spiritual gifts there. And here's the confusion, verse 11. Here's the question that people have. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Some people read this passage and say, hold on a second. It clearly says here, the last two gifts of tongues and interpretation, all these gifts are something that God chooses who He will give them to. That is true, but it's not true in reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit because this is talking in reference to spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts is something different to being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's different to the baptism. Let me simplify it this way. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is my personal prayer life before God. Spiritual gifts is that which is used corporately to edify the body of Christ. So really, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is privately for me, where spiritual gifts are that which are used out in public. In chapter 12 and 14 of Corinthians here, it talks all about these gifts. And the Bible says all don't possess. One of the gifts is the gift of healing. I can pray and I can see healings, but there's definitely people who have a gift of healing upon their life. People line up for hours to go to crusades. And the Spirit of God, one such person of our generations right now is Benny Hinn. He has a gift of healing upon him. It doesn't mean that we can't pray for people and we don't, but some people have that gift. It's a spiritual gift that they have. So we've got to be very careful that we don't confuse the two. Because the Pentecost experience that we've been talking about tonight wasn't the public gift of speaking in tongues. It wasn't that people would stand up and give that tongue in church and then a prophecy or an interpretation would be given. It was that which was my private prayer language that I was to use for me to worship, to praise in my prayer time, in my relationship with God for the benefit of my life spiritually. So don't get confused because baptism is for everyone, but spiritual gifts are for various individuals as God sees fit to give them. What is the criteria? Why would God give them and why would God not give me? I don't know. All I'm going to do is this, keep loving Jesus. I'm going to keep serving Jesus. And if God wants to use me in that realm, God, here I am. Let it never be said that God's waiting on you. Because so many times we're waiting on God where we've got it backwards. We're waiting for Him where the reality is He's waiting on us. He's waiting for us to surrender and yield our lives to Him. So what does that mean? That means this, that there is no reason why you and I cannot ask Him for that gift. And there is no reason except the fact if you're not saved. Salvation is the only criteria 
to receiving the Holy Spirit. So if you are saved, there is no reason why He cannot fill you with the experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit with an evidence of speaking in other tongues that will edify you, that will build you up. So you can pray the will of God, an uninterrupted prayer by you that touches the very heart of God. What a promise. What a blessing. What a gift for each and every one of our lives. And I pray tonight we've helped you to understand that just a little bit more and to come into a greater knowledge of that today. Do we have any questions? Do we have anything that's been posed or presented? Go on, Pete. Okay, there's a question uh, in reference to the First Corinthians there, which I think you just answered. But if you asked the question about First Corinthians and it wasn't answered by Pastor Philip just now, please come up at the end of service and we'll be glad to help you. Next question is, if someone is praying and seeking for the gift of tongues, why don't they receive it immediately? Again, I don't know. I tried to answer that the best way I can. I don't know why they didn't receive it immediately. But one thing I would say for each and every one of you, don't get to that place where you feel unworthy because that's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants to say, well, everyone else is getting this. something wrong with you. There's maybe nothing wrong with you, and there's probably nothing wrong with you. But it sure doesn't hurt for every one of us just to hit our knees again and say, God, would you just test my heart? Would you examine my heart? And if there is any wicked way in me, should be our prayer every day, God. If there is, God, would you remove that? If there's any obstacles or anything that's hindering me, God, I, I want to get out of the way because I want all of you. So again, I don't know why, but one thing I know is this. The Bible says you keep asking. You keep seeking. You keep believing because it's going to come. And one thing I will say this too. You rejoice in someone else's blessing on the way to yours. Uh, Don't resent someone else because they got filled. Hug them and bless them and say, pray for me because I'm going to have that same experience as you. You keep trusting and believing. Is speaking in tongues the only evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Speaking in tongues is the initial evidence. It's not the only evidence. There's an empowerment that now comes to your life that you can live victoriously. There's definitely the power and the accompanying presence of the Holy Spirit can make you live a different life. It can make you, I believe, think differently. I know there's been times where I haven't known what to do. I remember once my air conditioning was out and I had no idea how to fix it. And I just really started praying and I felt really the Holy Spirit impress upon me what was wrong with my air conditioner. And you can say crazy all you want, but I got out of my bed. I went and did exactly what I saw in my mind and my air conditioner came on and I never had any more problem with it. So it's not the only, it's not the only. In fact, what we talked about tonight, how it talks about building us up, it's an initial thing, but what comes as a result of it, a refreshing, a building, there are so many things that come by way of the Holy Spirit, but the initial evidence that I think, and the reason why, so we can know we've got it, but not only that, it's a prayer language that we can pray. Gets me out of the way. I love that. Gets me out of the way so he can pray on my behalf. And that's what makes the Holy Spirit. So no, it's not the only, but it is the initial effect or the example or the witness or the testimony that God has come and touched your life. Another good question here. It's the last one we've got. Can a fast help you receive the Holy Spirit? Fasting can help you with anything. 
fasting because the whole idea of fasting is to refrain from something for a spiritual purpose. It's to refrain so you can have a closer intimacy with God. And it's not just the act of not eating. It's the fact of laying your life before God and saying, God, I want you more than food. I want you more than these things. But remember this, fasting has to be accompanied by prayer too because fasting is that which empties us. But prayer is that which fills us up. So if you are seeking breakthroughs and miracles in your life, the Bible speaks about that. In Isaiah, it talks about the fast that I hear, and it speaks about the results and the rewards and the blessings and the miracles that can come by way of fasting. So I believe that. We don't make fasting a religion, but what we do make, we make it a discipline every year here in this church. The beginning of the year, 21 days. The middle of this year, we did three days, wasn't it? Or six days. Six days. And um, why do we do that? Because we believe it's life-changing for you. We've had so many testimonies. People have been delivered, set free, healed physically, just everything. So yes, it's, it's not the only, you, you can't manipulate God and say, okay, now I'm fasting, you've got to do this. But definitely fasting done right is refraining for a spiritual purpose. And if it's something that you feel that you need to do in reference to that, then you be obedient and do it. And again, if God doesn't fill you at that time, those times with God, times with God are never wasted. Fasting and going without sacrifice is never wasted. You may not see the results today, but you're laying up treasures in heaven. And there's going to be a payday. If not here on this earth, there's going to be a payday one day. And when we get to heaven, we're laying up treasures in heaven. Amen? Can we just all stand to our feet tonight? Precious Jesus. I just want Trey. Trey's just going to begin to play something tonight. And Can you just close your eyes wherever you're at right now? I know time is almost gone and really we're over a little bit. But, but we've got time tonight. If you can just dim the lights, that would be fantastic. We've just got time tonight. If you just want to seek God, if you want to say tonight, and here's where we're going to start tonight. We've got to start at the most important place. Because we've got to start at the point of salvation because everything begins at the cross. We've got to first come to the cross. We've got to lay our burdens down because that's where our victory is first found at the cross. A salvation, surrendering and yielding our lives to God. And I wonder tonight if there's anyone, because we could go on and pray for the Holy Spirit. But if you're lost, you're not going to make it to heaven. You can make it to heaven without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you won't make it without salvation. And we want everyone to be saved. We want everyone to know Christ. We want everyone. Is there anyone tonight that you don't know Jesus? You've wandered away maybe. And you just want to make him your Lord and Savior tonight. I want to pray for you tonight. Is there anyone? Just if you would, just lift up your hand and keep it up so I can see it. I looked up at the light, so I'm a little bit blinded right now. So keep your eye hand up so I can see it. Is there anyone that would say, I want to make that decision. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Is there anyone? Praise God. I may have missed your hands. I don't see any. There you go. That's awesome. Come on, Paige's first time in church tonight, and Paige has given her life to Christ. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that absolutely incredible? Absolutely incredible. Paige, would you come and stand with me here at the front? Do you mind, sweetheart? We're going to have some people come and stand with you right now. Come on, Mum and Dad are going to stand with you. They're pretty decent people right there. Wow, her first time here. Paige has got a beautiful, two beautiful children, she was telling me earlier, an eight-year-old and a 14-month-old. 
And what a great, I told her, you know this is your first time, but you're stuck with us now because you're not going to be able to get rid of us. Come on. We're going to pray for Paige right now. We're going to pray and ask God just to touch her life. and just to. Um, what do we do as family? We pray together. We stand together. We support each other. We love each other. We, we just embrace this moment together. Would you pray with me right now all over this place? Come on, pray together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I love you tonight. And I thank you, Jesus, that you love me. No matter what I've done, it doesn't matter to you. All that matters is now. Me giving you my life and surrendering everything to you. And I believe right now, from this day forward and forevermore, I'm a new person. The old is gone and the new has come. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Can we just begin to worship God? like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.